Hello and welcome to Awaken and Ascend. Do you think that perfectionism could possibly be an illusion? Today, I have Ruth Kikos here. She is a relationship coach, NLP practitioner, clinical hypnotherapist, and a rapid transformational therapist joining me from Arizona. And this is a topic that we're gonna be exploring. Brooke's specialization within the realm of relationship management derives directly from her lifelong trauma that she sustained due to her upbringing within a domineering religious sect. After 35 years of indoctrination, Brooke opted to proceed with a different life path that aligns with her core values. Despite the grave consequences of her actions, which most painfully included being shunned by her family and close friends, Brooke not only persevered, but more importantly, was inspired to dedicate her expertise toward relieving the suffering of other individuals and helping them start their own journey back to health and well-being. I'm so excited that she is here with us and that she took that brave step that which led her here in the first place. So Brooke, thank you for being here. It's so such an honor to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. I'm excited to be here and have this conversation. Yes, absolutely. I can certainly relate to the idea of the cycle of perfectionism and procrastination, you know, not mm-hmm. being able to do a lot, limiting ourselves because it's not perfect yet, you know, that getting ready to get ready to do anything. It's almost like an all or nothing black and white kind of mentality. And I'm wondering how you came to that, that it was just an illusion. How were you able to break that cycle of perfectionism? So I will be honest, Jennifer, it has been a very difficult process um, for me and not only rewiring how I, my brain and how I show up and, and being able to get rid of some of the beliefs that were holding me back right in that perfectionism. And one of those was that I was very attached to this idea that if I didn't do everything perfectly, then I wasn't enough. Right. And I think so many people can resonate with that. Right. You know, I, I grew up, obviously, you know, you read my, my bio um, in, a, in an abusive environment. Right. I, I was judged in, in this religious sect if, if we didn't show up perfectly, if we didn't abide by the rules. Right. Um, then we were, you know, punished. Right. We had consequences and, and severe ones at that. Right. So it was like, it made me feel like, okay, if I'm not perfect, then I'm always going to be punished, right? So I have to, to absolutely show up as my best self. And, and my father really drilled that in me as well. It was, we have to look a certain way. We have to show people that we are perfect and our house is perfect. And we have the perfect children and we look perfect. And it was all of these beliefs that I had carried into my adulthood that I had no idea that the way that I was modeled how we should show up was was this belief of we have to look perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have to present that to us, everyone right because if we're not we're going to be judged right we have to look like we're perfect and so I carry that into my adulthood and I didn't realize how much it was showing up for me in all areas of my life everything whether it was career to as a mother um, as a partner And I just thought, okay, I have to keep trying. I have to be perfect. And I kept in this really repetitive cycle because I ended up in then an abusive relationship for 17 years. Mm -hmm. And I tried so hard to be perfect, to be accepted and loved still. 
Yes. And I went through that negative cycle over and over and over again. And I kept showing myself the evidence that I wasn't perfect because every time, you know, something bad happened or there was abuse, so there was fighting or there was um, this feeling of less than I was like, Oh God, I'm never going to be perfect. Never going to, it's never going to happen for me. I'm never going to be loved. I'm never going to be accepted. Right. And so I eventually had to, in my own healing journey, see that perfectionism is an illusion. It doesn't exist. There is no such thing as perfectionism, right? I had to really step into the fact that it's okay that I'm not perfect. It's okay that I fail. It's okay that sometimes um, I do things and I regret them, right? It's okay because I learn from these things and I can grow from these things and I can say, I'm going to do it differently this time, right? And so it was a huge growth process to say, okay, I don't need to show up perfectly. And I had to learn that even, you know, I'm sure you've gone the path of the entrepreneur, right? I had to learn that as being an entrepreneur too, right? Like I don't, not everything has to be perfect, <laughs> right? I yeah. yeah. <laughs> my messy self sometimes and that's okay, right? Yes. yes, and being okay, you're absolutely right. And then recognizing too that it's more than okay, but first accepting that you are okay, that what you're doing is okay. And you're right, there's so much fear-based motivation that leads into that idea that we need to be perfect or else, right? What is that or else, you know, that people won't love us, they won't like us, they will feel incompetent. Like there's all these internal and external factors going on that really perpetuates that idea of not enough. Perfectionism really feeds into that. I'm not enough. It's never enough. And like you say, you come to that realization where it never will be enough because it's an illusion, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And also, I think your perfectionism. <laughs> like, it's like, get rid of, I have to be perfect, or I have to show up perfectly, or I have to look perfect, or I have to look like her to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, get rid of those beliefs, and because all it is, is, is keeping you stuck, right? And, and I see that time and time again, not only with the way that I showed up for myself, um, you know, self-sabotaging myself because things weren't perfect, right? I couldn't move forward because if it didn't have the ideal situation or if it wasn't perfect for me, that or I didn't see it or view it as being perfect, I couldn't mm-hmm. move forward. I would stay stuck or I would procrastinate and not do the thing because I had to do it perfectly or know how to do it perfectly, right? So I would just say, oh, okay, I'm just gonna throw my hands up and I'm not gonna do it, right? Yeah. And um, I see that happen so much in my clients' lives too, because it's like, you know, when we go into a session and they're like, I don't know why I'm not motivated to do all the things on my list. I, you know, I, I even write the list, but then I don't do the list and I don't know why. And then all of a sudden we find out, you know, we go deeper, we dig deeper. And she's like, well, it's because if I can't do it perfectly, if I can't finish the whole list, I don't even want to try. I don't even want to start. And so it's limiting her from even taking the motivation to just begin the task, right? Just do a task and celebrate the fact that you did one task or celebrate the fact that you even wrote the list, right? Like (laughs) that you even, you know, just like, there's so much, so many women are not celebrating, like even the small things that they do in life because they're like, oh, I didn't do that perfectly. Or my body doesn't look perfect. Or, you know, I'm not as good as this person or always this, this comparison. It's, you know, it's just like a thief. It's a thief of your joy. Mm-hmm. It robs you of, you know, your self-love. And it takes away those things that um, 
really could move you forward in life because you get stuck in this like negative thought pattern, right? And you continue to keep in this cycle of self-sabotage, procrastination, not moving forward, thinking everything has to be perfect. Absolutely. And you said it there too. There's this comparison that's going on, like of what we think the ideal perfect person or way of doing things is. And that's not just that's not out there either, right? There is no perfection. Like, where would we even know what perfect means or what perfect looks like? And as long as we're going after that kind of ideal of perfect, right, then we're not being who we are. We're already self-sabotaging, defeating ourselves by trying to be or do something else that's not resonating. So I really loved how you came into alignment with your core values. How did that process come about? How were you able to shift from doing what everyone else thought or demanded of you or expected of you or that you thought needed to be done to aligning with your core values, coming back to who you are and really recognizing who Brooke Kikos is? Like, who's that girl? Who's that woman? You know, it's been a long process, Jennifer. I started in 2017. Um, I realized um, very quickly that the religious sect that I was in was um, what you would call a cult, right? It it is, you know, a controlled environment where, you know, you can't look outside of it. Um, You're controlled within it. And then if you leave it, you are also abandoned, right? And so when I, you know, I started to see the truth behind some of these lies that I've been told all my life. It was a very difficult process because leaving meant getting abandoned, right? And that's exactly what happened, right? Everybody I'd ever known um, since I was a young girl, I don't talk to anymore. I have no, no connection. They abandoned me, right? And so it's the same thing with my family that is still very much in that religious sect. So I, you know, I lost my family. I lost my friends. And so, again, I lost my whole sense of identity once I left because I no longer aligned with those beliefs anymore. They didn't make sense for me. And so moving forward with that journey, I ended up realizing I also was in a relationship that was toxic for me, was abusive, and was I needed to remove myself from that. And leaving that again was entirely another form of finding, oh God, I have another loss, right? I I have to realize who I really am now because I don't know who I am outside of this. Yes. And um, so I had all of these pieces of trying to understand who I was and going through that healing journey, um, which I started, you know, I started deep therapy work. I realized I had complex PTSD, um, extreme, extremely um, anxious and depressed and trying to really find myself on that journey. Mm -hmm. And I had to realize that it required change. And I kept saying to myself, why does this keep happening? You know, why do I keep feeling like this? And while the traditional therapy was helping somewhat, I still was stuck. I still wasn't able to move forward. And um, in 2020, my ex-husband, the one that I was married to for so long, passed um, from drug addiction because he never was able to really um, fully escape the pain of losing the religion and all the people in it and the family um, because he never could find himself. And so he used that to cope. Mm -hmm. And that pain and that loss from his death and seeing my children grieve 
was so painful. It's really ignited another awakening in me to really see that things had to drastically change in my life and that I had to heal on a deeper level and really find out who I was. So I had to dig deeper and it was just like, I was so, you know, very divinely guided and led on this path of finding myself and realizing that, you know, I wasn't meant to just, um, you know, make people look beautiful on the inside, outside. I mean, I was meant to make them look beautiful on the inside. And so that required me like changing careers and shifting into who really I was meant to be and show people the path and the way to healing from this trauma, this abuse, this, um, you know, whether that be in a relationship or an abusive cult or, you know, things that have kept you down and have made you not be able to shine your light. Right. Um, and really be your authentic self. And so in that journey, you know, I was able to find who I was and who I am is, you know, this beautiful person that doesn't have to be perfect. (laughs) It really just gets to be who I was meant to be really step into who I, um, want to be right mm-hmm. and and that is someone that is um you know non-judgmental that is someone that is gives other people grace and compassion and knows that um there is so much more to life than what we see with our physical eyes yes exactly and that's what it was there was this opening that was created where you're starting to see the world and the people around you and yourself very differently Mm-hmm. Right. There's that light that was on to something that gave you the courage, the strength of spirit to have the courage to leave anyway, knowing there's going to be shame and abandonment and fear. And I don't even know what's outside of this. Right. But I yeah. know that this isn't the way I want to be living my life anymore. Right. Yeah. So and- starting with what we don't want and then just being open to the possibility of really what else is possible. Right. And, and making a decision to stay true to yourself. One of the mottos that I use quite often is to free your spirit, to direct the life that you're meant to live. And it sounds to me that your spirit was there nudging you along the way. Right. And then just coming to acceptance, like there's got to be another way to live. And I'm going to act on that. And then trusting and following spirit to help you direct the life that you're meant to live, which is where you ended up now in aligning with your core values and doing the deep healing work Mm -hmm. to recognizing what you are meant for and who you truly are and being as a spiritual sovereign being, which is really the way that we can start healing that shame and to move, like you said, from that place of love and compassion, rather than from that fear, obligation or guilt or shame to be able to integrate a higher consciousness model of living where we are aligned with our values, where we are speaking from the heart and being in love and finding the right work that expresses what our soul is. I call it stepping into our deeper passion or true passion as well, because when you break up the word passion, it's pass I on. And that I is your soul's expression of what you're here to pass on in this lifetime. And it's always alive inside of you. And I'm so grateful that you listened to that call, right? That you found a way out, but also a way in. Yeah. 
It was so loud. There was no way I couldn't have listened to it. (laughs) It was, was, there was just no way it was like, you know, I had to just be, yeah, it had to be like a blaring siren for me um, to pay attention. But, you know, sometimes that's kind of the way awakenings happen is what I'm finding out when I, you know, when I talk to other individuals, like sometimes it is, it's just like, you know, you get this really huge wake up call and you don't really have a choice other than the fact that, you know, that you're the way you're living your life and what you're doing right now is not working. Yeah. And it's not, you're, you're not tapped into who you're supposed to be in your higher self and, you know, all of these things. And it was like, I, I knew that, you know, I, just had to push towards that. And it's been, you know, that process has been um, so difficult because I think there was, I, I lived in a world where judgment was so um, apparent. It was huge. It was how we showed up in life. It was how we judged others um, within the religion. Um, And if they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, it was, everybody was talking about it and people were judging each other. And if you didn't do this, or if you didn't show up, you were, you know, you're not a good Christian or whatever. You're not, you know, being present. You know, it was like, there was just all these judgments being placed. So I just kept that with me, right? Subconsciously, it was just like, I realized how much I had become such a judgmental person because that's all I had been taught, right? That was, that was really impressed upon me to, to judge. And, and um, it was, it was a hard thing to break, right? Because judgment like brings along, you know, guilt and shame. And then you feel you're like, you're constantly being judged. And that's a difficult space to be free of, right? It kind of keeps you in captivity. If you're always feeling like I need to judge others or I'm judging myself all the time. And it's, um, you know, you become very abusing of yourself, Mm. you know, judging yourself so much, right? It comes, ties right back into that. I got to be perfect, right? Or, you know, or I'm not going to be accepted. And that's, those are all things that I've had to shed those, uh, those illusions, right. And it was the same thing with um, really being able to get out of that black and white um, mentality that those religions that want to control people really place, right. It is the black and white mentality. It's either this or that, or you can't have anything, right. Yeah. So it's um, being able to expand and grow was, you know, really such a gift for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like you say, we might not always know where we're going, just that we know that we're on our way. And as Rumi says, when you start on the way, the way appears, right? You just take the next safe step forward. And there's many modalities that you learned along the way, some really effective strategies that you're now using to support others, like the clinical hypnotherapy, NLP, and the rapid transformational therapy. So tell us a bit about some of those modalities and the, how they can help people break through the beliefs and find their path to freedom. Yeah, so RTT, which is um, kind of cognitive behavioral therapy with NLP and hypnosis okay. is so powerful and it really is transformative in itself because you move through things so much quicker than traditional talk therapy, right? Um, because I'm actually working with the subconscious mind and helping people to see and gain more conscious awareness of how they're showing up, you know, what their triggers are really about, what's really laying underneath the surface. You know, I always just tell everybody like your conscious mind is up here, right? It's like, 
it's got like this little bit of power, right? But we can't will ourselves into anything because our subconscious mind is everything else. It's all your stories. It's all everything that's ever happened to you, all the trauma, everything is there. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it doesn't know the difference between good or bad. So it just knows how you've been surviving until now. And so it's going to keep you stuck there if, if you don't really realize what's really going on, if you don't dig deeper and look beneath the surface and understand it. And so when you do that, it's like you can rewire the way that you show up. You can, you know, show up differently in relationships and, and really progress in such a more beautiful way on your own healing journey. Incredible, incredible. And so what are the some of the stories that you've heard or witnessed in your clients going through these kind of transformations? Oh, gosh, you know, it's so funny. I, I, I've always been told you're going to need to write a book. Because <laughs> it's like it is it is pretty fascinating, these scenes that people go back to in these moments of what stories and perceptions the subconscious mind holds on to. Mm-hmm. And it then they were like, oh my gosh, this is why I'm showing up like this because I had that belief in that so long ago, but the subconscious mind, again, doesn't know that it's part of the past, Mm. right? It doesn't know that that's a past story. That's like when you were in your childhood and, you know, you always go back to these scenes where people, you know, one, they think they have to be perfect because their parents thought they needed to be perfect or their parents were always disappointed in them. Right. Um, or you have people that go back into these times where they self-sabotage themselves because they can't stay on their diet because they are in a shame cycle, mm. like the shame and like they're addicted to the shame because the subconscious mind for some reason thinks it has a purpose. And it's pretty fascinating what you can kind of go back into and really help people understand consciously. And all of a sudden they're showing up differently. They're not triggered by the same things in their day to day life. They're consciously, yeah, they're consciously aware of everything that's kind of more going on. They're like, oh, that's just my, my belief of, you know, that I'm not good enough right now, but you know what? I am good enough, right? I can show in this moment, like I'm good enough. And that doesn't matter. That's like an old story. Mm. And you begin to become more emotionally detached from the emotional stories that you have held on to for so long. Because I always tell everybody, you are subconsciously stuck at the age that you received the least amount of love. Mm. Hmm. So if you can hear that and feel into that and say, oh, maybe that's why I act out. Maybe that's why I throw tantrums, (laughs) right? Maybe that's why I'm needing to be accepted and loved. And that's why, you know, because I want attention, right? You know, whatever that is that looks, that shows up for you, you can really feel into that. And, and it's really fascinating how you can grow when you heal those parts of you. Yes. Yes. And what I hear from that too, is about forgiveness, forgiveness of yourself and from others, but not really condoning what was done or past hurts, but just giving yourself the freedom from those emotional attachments, taking the emotion and the intensity out of it, basically neutralizing it. Yeah. Right. So that, yeah, kind of break those illusions and and begin a new story. Yep. Break the illusions, you know, and that's what I think is the biggest part. Yeah. It's the attachment. Yeah. Right. It's the yeah. attachment that the ego or the subconscious mind has with the emotion that has what was behind it. Right. And then when you can change and shift that and you're just neutral, it's like you are like, oh, I don't need to even react to that, you know, and it feels so good because you feel more powerful. Like yeah. you feel like you're more in control of your life. Right. Yeah. 
Because until you do that, you're in your, the driver's seat and your subconscious mind is the driver. I mean, you're in the passenger seat and the subconscious mind is driving. <laughs> it's like, and you're just like, wait, what's happening? I don't understand why we're going down this road again or down this path. <laughs> and the same negative things and the same right. dramas happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because of the fact that you're not consciously aware of that stuff. Exactly. So you bring them that awareness and through that, the healing can happen. And yeah, yeah, we can even transmute attachment through connection, right? Recognizing what we're attached to and how to detach from that, but also recognizing, am I really connected with this? Is this a deeper connection for me? Do I want to immerse myself more into this and deepen this connection? Or is it no, actually, this isn't true for me at all. It's not aligned with me. It's not resonating. And And it's easy to disconnect, unplug from that. And when we unplug from anything, it loses power, right? Think of an electrical one. If we unplug that, we unplug the source of the power. Yeah, I love that. That's a great analogy for it because that is so true. Um, Because once that thing that's like over your head doesn't have power over you anymore, you all of a sudden are like, oh, I can do this hard thing. I can grasp this and say, oh, I can be, you know, own my own business or I can move forward in life or I can leave this relationship that's not serving me anymore. That's hurting me. Right. Yes. Yes. And you all of a sudden are able to say, oh, why did I wait this long? Right. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where I felt I I had to feel into those moments, too. I was like, oh, my gosh, why? Why? Why did I wait until I was in my late 30s before I woke up and and figured out that this part of my life was no longer working. And I always say, well, everything happens when it's supposed to, but it's yeah. just, you know, you have to get rid of the regret and say, you know, do mm-hmm. once you know better, you do better. Exactly. Exactly. And we continue to grow and to evolve. And it's people like you that help us along the way. So Brooke, how can people connect with you learn about more about these therapies, what you do, maybe share their story and how you can help. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and TikTok. I'm Life Coaching Goddess. And then my website is lifecoachinggoddess.com. So yeah, I would love to have any chat with some anybody and really help them dig deeper and to find out what's really going on for them subconsciously so that they can move forward on their journey. Fantastic. Life Coaching Goddess. I love it. You are that. (laughs) You totally embody that. And of course, we'll have all the links in the show notes so people can just go down below into the description and just click into that and find Brooke on her various channels and be able to connect and hear more. I just loved everything that you shared right here today that's been so profound and meaningful and so true to the heart. I really appreciate your authenticity and how you truly have come to embody your truth and the courage that it's taken for you to process everything that's happened into your life at this point and and dealing with the loss and the abandonment on so many levels. I just want to commend you for that too. And and I'm so grateful to know you, Brooke. Oh, thank you. Same, Jennifer. I'm so glad I got to be on this space with you. I appreciate you. Yes, absolutely. And I also appreciate appreciate each and every one of you that have been watching today on Awaken and Ascent. I'm Jennifer Regular, the Soul Illuminator at Lighting the Path, and I have a free guide for you on living your passion and purpose. You can find that in the show notes as well, and we'll see you again next week on Awaken and Ascend.